Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go! What's up, good people? Garrett and Jamie here a little bit early because we got a, a guest here on our 300th episode of the Lightning Round Podcast. It just so happened that we're going to have a guest on this show. It wasn't planned, but uh, I'm sure we'll have something else planned too for this uh, momentous occasion. Uh, welcome, everybody. We just want to jump on early because uh, we had some news to drop here on Jerry Tiller. First of all, Jamie, how are you doing? I'm great. It's Friday, <laughs> and yep. I'm ready for a nice, calm weekend. Um, <laughs> hoping for a Chargers win on Sunday, but no, I'm great. Doing really well. How about you? Good. Real good. I mean, it's fr- this is uh, this going to be a good way to kick it off here uh, with you and Kyle, and we'll get into 49ers and all that. And also... Uh, just so you know, we're gonna play. We're gonna hold Kyle to some of his hot takes in the past. I pulled some, and he's gonna have to answer to some of those. So we'll do that in a little bit later. But uh, what we're talking about, Jerry Tillery. So we wanted to start off here first before Kyle gets in here and just kind of give you the rundown and some backstory on what happened with Jerry Tillery uh, being cut yesterday. And um, uh, it all started. And I know there's some details, but we'll just fill in the gaps here from what we got. Um, it started earlier this year when Jerry Tillery didn't show up to OTAs. Uh, the majority of the veterans were there. Uh, they wanted him there early. He did not show up. He was a late go. 
and the team wasn't happy with that. Um, but uh, he ended up showing up, and eventually there was a conversation early in the year about his role. And uh, his role early on, he wanted to be a full-time contributor, and it was uh, very clear that he was not going to be that early on in his career. Uh, he's been a role player all year. Uh, he thought things would change when Austin Johnson went down uh, this last weekend. Uh, the team let him know early in the week that they were going to use him, uh, Braden Fajoko, maybe even so, some Joe Gaziano, and Tillery got upset. Uh, the team sent him off to kind of cool down and uh, to come back to practice on Thursday, uh, ready to practice. Uh, Tillery came into the building on Thursday. He was not happy. Uh, he was, quote unquote, mentally checked out. And they sent him home before practice even started. And uh, that day, the Chargers decided to cut Jerry Tillery. They thought it was better to cut him than to drag the rest of the team down, uh, let him pursue his whether he thinks he's a full-time starter or not, pursue that with another team, hopefully. And uh, it just was not going to work out with the Chargers. Yeah, you know, I think the interesting thing is just looking back on how the offseason played out, they added not one, not two, but four defensive tackles in the offseason through free agency in the draft. And to, I guess, lack the self-awareness to realize that his role was going to be reduced and expect to be handed a starting job or a, a key contributor role despite all those changes with clearly better players being added ahead of him on the depth chart is a little, I guess it's interesting, a little concerning kind of not understanding where he is on the depth chart. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit during, during the OTAs of they've got to be frustrated. I mean, they it, just from the outside looking in before we started getting these details, it was like, you know, we were talking about a guy who they declined his fifth year option. He, mm -hmm. all the veterans, all the veterans, Bosa, Mac, everybody, we're all there for OTAs. He was not. Mm -hmm. And from the outside looking in, it was, wow, he's pissed. <laughs> he's pissed that they didn't extend it. They didn't pick up his option. He's pissed that, you know, he's, he's doing the math and he realizes he's not going to be a starter. And, you know, your, your contact expressed some frustration with that. Um, not directly, but kind of hinted at it in certain <laughs> ways. And uh, with an eye roll emoji. Yep. Yeah. With an eye roll emoji. <laughs> Pretty direct. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then I think what confused all of us was we were expecting a smaller role for him, and they still kind of treated him like a starter in the preseason, and that had to confuse him a little bit too. He didn't play a whole lot in the preseason, and last year it was because they were giving him and Bosa and some other guys rest uh, because they wanted to keep them healthy because they felt like they were key guys. They did it with uh, Justin Jones last year too, and the assumption was, well, shit, he's not playing. They must see him as a key contributor. And then the season starts and he clearly is not. Yeah. And he went from playing like 90% of the snaps last year to playing 50 ish percent of the snaps this year, uh, in a, in a rotational role. And it just, it just seems like it's been bubbling over for a while. And again, back to the self-awareness, he and Austin Johnson are completely different players. So how, how does he expect to be handed Austin Johnson's role when Johnson is there to be a run stuffer, and Tillery is, I mean, let's just face it, he is the worst run-stuffing defensive lineman in the NFL <laughs> and has been since he got here. Mm -hmm. So how do you expect to take that role when that clearly is not what you do? Um, I get it. You know, contract season, he wants to be on the field. He wants major minute, major snaps, but it just, none of, none of it makes sense from his perspective how he's looking at things other than just, I want and I'm entitled and you should give it to me. None of it really makes sense. Yeah. So... Uh, speaking of worst, we have our guest here, uh, who just jumped in here, uh, we, <laughs> is, <laughs> which is uh, a perfect segue. 
Uh, he was our former colleague at Bolts from the Blue, now with Niners Nation. He is a uh, ranch dressing enthusiast, a Russell Westbrook denier, a Anna Kendrick's biggest fan, uh, but most importantly is our friend Kyle Posey. Welcome to the show, man. None of those things are true. <laughs> not, not one single thing that you said was that. Exactly. <laughs> so I see nothing has changed. <laughs> it's all lies right up front. <laughs> I'm good, gentlemen. What's going on, man? What's new? Oh, man. Just doing this thing. I know uh, you're contributing over there at Niners Nation. I know things are going good. How's how's everything over there in that world? You know how it is over here in Chargerland. I mean, you've been here forever. You know it's misery and everything else in between. So <laughs> Niners yeah, I mean, are a little better? A lot of misery uh, still over there. Um, a lot of a lot of the same injury luck. Um, the, I would say the, 40, the difference between the 49ers and the, the Chargers is uh, the 49ers are – more entertaining in the in the sense that something happens daily, whereas when something goes down with the Chargers, you can kind of assume that it's going to be negative. Like it's going to be, <laughs> uh, it's going to impact the team in a bad way. Whereas like, you, you don't know what's going to happen with the 49ers, and I think that makes it a little more exciting. Yeah, of course. I we knew the Chargers were making some kind of splash like the McCaffrey trade. That wasn't happening. But the 49ers, anytime. Yeah, I mean, if if the Chargers were a serious organization, they would have had a <laughs> defensive line by now. But obviously, that's not something they believe in. <laughs> uh, hey, so quick, real quick, Quisher wants to know, is this the super fan that went streaking after the Chargers picked Derwin James? Is that you? Is it? <laughs> streaking? That feels like nah. pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely celebrated with us. But um, so let's, let's get into it, man. You know, um, Chargers are... Three and one on the road this season. They face the uh, 49ers, which uh, Jamie and I collectively think is a real, real, real bad matchup for the Chargers here. Uh, they're eight and six all time against 49ers, getting the one important win in the Super Bowl, but we don't need to talk about that. Chargers won the last five meetings in a row, though. So t- uh, talk to us about um, what you think is going to happen here. You know, the Chargers um, are a team that can't stop the run. They just added McCaffrey. Uh, how do you think this whole game just as a whole is going to go down and where you think it's going to been win and lost? Yeah, I think you hit it on the head there just matchup wise. And then you're adding in Kyle Shanahan coming off a bye week mm-hmm. with an extra week to just get Christian McCaffrey integrated into the office and, or into the offense. And speaking of McCaffrey, the last game that they played against the Rams, he accounted for 39% of the yards from scrimmage on offense. So that was, when he was nine days in to the offense, so I imagine mm-hmm. this time it's not a stretch to say he'll be uh, 50%. So how the Chargers are going to attempt to stop the run <laughs> is the big issue here. Mm-hmm. And the way that the 49ers kind of set their offense up, it's going to be a lot of McCaffrey and Drew Tranquil one-on-one. So if that is your plan, best of luck, Mr. <laughs> Well, all I got to say is McCaffrey and Tranquil one on one is a hell of a lot better than than McCaffrey and Murray one on one. Sorry, yeah. I'll Between take Murray and, Murray and Tillery, like how how <laughs> hard do you have to whiff on those early round picks? <laughs> they found a way, man. They hey, and they traded up for Murray. What do you no. think they saw in Murray? They saw that athlete, I think. But I think they fell in love with fast? the character. Yeah, I, oh, that's Lynn fell in love with the character. You know, he's got the disabled brother, and he's he's helped take care of him his whole life, and he he's just a stand up guy. And I think they fell in love with the leadership and the character, and kind of ignored you know the football stuff, the 
the minor details of the football stuff. <laughs> like covering? Yeah, yeah. That's that. Run Tackling. defense. All of it. Yeah, yeah. All the above. Reading. So filling gaps. So Jamie, you wanna you wanna talk about Jimmy G, right? You wanna you actually wanna I, I Kyle kinda led into it, so he set okay. me up. So I just kinda wanna ask how they've had one full game with McCaffrey. Um what kind of changes in terms of schematic or situationally have did they make in that one game and what changes do you think they'll make moving forward to fully integrate McCaffrey in in the offense um moving forward? Yeah, well it's tough to like when he was in Carolina, he was having he had all eyeballs on him just because there were no other weapons. So now they can use him as a check down option, but they still have Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, so they can run their actual offense. And now Jimmy has, you know, obviously one of the better check down options in the league. So the space that he was able to, that he's been able to get in these past two games has just been pretty incredible, knowing that it, it like I said, it's it's him one on one with the linebacker and he's won that matchup more often than not. So that and then just having this his speed, everybody knows that Shanahan runs like this outside zone, just trying to get to the edges in the running game. George Kittle kind of talked about it, and so did the offensive line coach, where having his speed helps him just because he's moving defenders more so than usual, and that just opens the, the cutback lane for them, and that hasn't been there. And I don't know if you guys have seen the, some of the 49ers running game numbers, but before McCaffrey got here, they could not run the ball, and they mm -hmm. really struggled to do that. So yeah. um, he he's just been – he's given them another dynamic that they just haven't had. Yeah, Chargers giving up 145 yards per game. And they get McCaffrey with an extra week, and they lost Austin Johnson and Jerry Tillery to an extent. So, yeah, McCaffrey uh, through the air on the ground. I'm sure they're going to be showcasing him uh, after this bye week. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Kyle, you about, mentioned this. Oh, go ahead. Didn't no, you? I was just saying he's talking Shanahan. He um, he was trying to talk about how you're going to balance him and Debo. So I imagine we're going to see a lot of those two in the backfield, which we haven't yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You mentioned the space that McCaffrey was able to get, and I watched the Niners' last three games. It seems like everybody's getting space. Um, somehow they're they're managing to get Kittle wide open up the seam whenever they want it. Looks like people are forgetting to cover him. Ayuk's open all over the field. Debo's open out of all, all seemingly every position on the field. They're just creating space really well. Uh, they're doing a good job with numbers and formations and and creating that space. What what are some of the things that they do? from your perspective to, to create that space for their star players. When you, when you talk, when you ask me the difference between the 49ers and the chargers, it's essentially comes down to Kyle Shanahan and Joe Lombardi. And <laughs> that isn't the, the most stark uh, <laughs> difference in a, just a play caller in general. So yeah, he, they motion almost as much as any team in the league. The only team that motions more are the other Shanahan offenses. So you have to worry about all that pre-snap motion, all that eye candy. So you have to worry about something at the line of scrimmage. And I think he does a really good job, unlike Lombardi, of using the entire field, of having a receiver at every level. And you mentioned, so now you have Aik at this level, you have Kittle at this level, and you're going to have Debo now at this level. So you, you have something at all three levels with an aspect of McCaffrey to sprinkle in. And then I think their speed is is pretty underrated. So they're tough to keep up with. And then they're also very, very physical and good after the catch. So you add all that in, and that's why they're, they're starting to hit a, hit on all cylinders. But to be fair, like they drop the ball a lot. They fumble. They, they do some things where they shoot themselves in the foot, whether it's a penalty on first down, get behind the chains. And 
Um, McCaffrey has clouded a lot of their issues, and, and they still made those issues when he's been on the field. But they're by no means this um, this offense that's been hitting on all cylinders. Yeah, ta- so I mean, I mean, it's pretty easy to see how dynamic this offense is, and the fact that like Ayuk's been this like third down recipient, this monster on third down on money downs and stuff uh, is just adding to this offense, getting McCaffrey and Debo and Kittle. Um, talk to me kind of about a weak point, just watching these games. Cause I'm just trying to find something here uh, to encourage somebody out there that uh, that's a charger fan. Um, seems to me that on the right side of that offensive line, the rookie Spencer Burford, Buford, Burford uh, has had his issues this year. Um, d- doesn't seem to be on the same page with McGlinchey at time or Brendel. Can you talk about the offensive line? Is, do you see that too? Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about it. So they actually rotate their right guards and there there's, as you mentioned, the Brunsko and the Burford it's sometimes it's 50, 50. Sometimes, you know, they ride with a hot hand. I think they're trying to, what Kyle Shanahan said is they're trying to get the rookie experience without mm-hmm. overloading him with information. And the, those two are pretty different as well. So one is an athlete, one's a high-end athlete who's, you know, raw and has the strength and all that. The other is essentially the opposite where he's technically sound, but he doesn't have um, the athleticism to get to his spots. So, and you can take advantage of both of them for both of those different reasons. Burford, sometimes he's not used to seeing what certain defenses present to him. So if the Chargers are going to get creative and run different kind of stunts and whatnot, um, the 49ers have had issues with that. Mike McGlinchey's given up six or seven sacks, I believe. He's given up a sack a game, essentially. Mm-hmm. And there are times where he has some backbreaking holding penalties or um, there, there's been games where Trent Williams, Trent Williams hasn't looked like Trent Williams. And when I say that, it's we. this is how spoiled you are when you have Trent Williams. If he has right. one play where he messes up, everyone's like, the sky's falling, what's going on? <laughs> and, I mean, their center too. Their center, he's starting for the first time in three years uh, this year. So there are ways to get over, and the offensive line is probably one. But to be fair, Jimmy Garoppolo's primetime numbers, so people remember him with what he does against – the Rams, he struggles under the lights against essentially everybody else. I think mm-hmm. since 2020, they're 0-7 in primetime against anybody not named the Rams, and he's thrown oh, an wow. interception in each one of those games. So if that's what you're going to you know, cross your fingers on, you're hoping that Jimmy G just turns the ball over, but he has a propensity to do that. Yeah. What do you think uh, What do you think uh, Shanahan is doing to help Jimmy G? I know obviously they have the weapons, but how are they – are they getting the most out of him? Do you think there's room for improvement with him? Is he just basically there to, you know, be a game manager? I think everybody's hanging their hat on Jimmy G sucks. And so I think we need a better understanding of who he is and, and how he's been successful. No, that's a fair question. I think they've gotten every ounce of talent they've possibly could have out of him. You ask what they're doing for him. As you mentioned, McCaffrey, Debo, like he has the best supporting cast or if not the one of the best supporting casts in the NFL, it would, it's tough to make a mistake in this offense, Shanahan window dresses everything. He he makes his reads very defined, and still everybody knows there's going to be two or three times a game where you have to hold your breath when uh, Jimmy G drops back. So that I think is again, um, you're asking like what he's doing to make his life easier. Just surround him with a bunch of good players and a <laughs> the best left tackle in the NFL. And sometimes still that's not enough. Like I mentioned the multiple turnovers and like there's times where he's going to throw it to you. And you just have to catch it or not. And that, that happens a couple of times a game, if not once a half. Yeah. So just uh, switching over to defense, um, 
Nick Bosa, I mean, he's second in league in sacks, or tied, I think, with eight and a half. Uh, he's going to be going against uh, Trey Pipkins is questionable, so it's going to be either Storm Norton or Foster Sorrell. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a real, real, real nightmare for uh, us uh, to watch and for Charger fans because uh, Bosa's looked good, and he's going to get what seems to be their third-string tackle at this point. Yeah, so all, everybody's only going to talk about, you know, how the Chargers give up this amount of um, rushing yards on on defense. Uh-huh. And the 49ers have this many, these many weapons on offense, but mm-hmm. their defense is the best part of this team. Yeah. And because they gave up a bunch of points and yards to Patrick Mahomes, now they suck. <laughs> Newsflash, <laughs> as you guys know, that happens to everybody. Yeah. Uh, their defense is really good. Their defense is dominant. Their defensive line is the reason why. And they're going to be banged up, though, this week. So they're not going to have Samson Ebicom. He's been doubtful. He he actually – they have a lot of Chargers-like injuries. They uh, <laughs> He suffered an injury, a, a quad injury, in a walkthrough practice this past Monday. And now he's – as I mentioned, he's listed as doubtful. I don't think he's going to play. But mm-hmm. the difference is, like, their backup is their second-round rookie, Drake Jackson. So they mm-hmm. have the depth behind him. Um, they have a guy named Charles Mayhew that they got over from the Texans. He's been really freaking good, like surprisingly good where I'd imagine he'd start on just about any other team. Mm -hmm. So they have the depth. um, And again, their speed on offense is just as dynamic on the other side of the ball. So they can get sideline to sideline and erase a lot of grass. But um, this is where the lack of wide receivers comes in to hurt just because like if there's a way to get over on this defense is to have a guy who can win one on one and down the field. And as you guys would, (laughs) as you guys know, injuries that's just not the case with the Chargers right now uh-uh. yeah it seems to me I mean obviously their front seven is really good um it, it seems like their secondary struggles a little bit one-on-one like you mentioned um do you think there's an opportunity for the Chargers to make some plays kind of at that second level behind the linebackers maybe in the hole between the, the corners and the safeties a hundred percent so Seattle did a good job of this and I, I I'm surprised more teams haven't attacked this area where it's just that seam area maybe it's 12 10 or 10 to 12 yards down the field that intermediate area um Carter I think has a chance to do that just because he seems like a guy who understands where to sit down in the offense just understands where to find space but you have to have time to do that right you have to trust that your line your backup tackles now if Pipkins doesn't play is going to be able to hold up and there are, there are times where the defensive line gets after the quarterback in like one and a half seconds it's sometimes it feels like they're cheating or like it's like a video game uh, how quickly they're able to generate pressure on third downs Tamika Ryans is going to blitz you like that's one thing that he's very consistent about so if you have a game plan to get around their blitz replace their blitz and you, there is a quarterback under center for the Chargers who knows how to beat those things but again I think it's it's going to be about his weapon, his weapons being able to come through for him. And and every time that I watch, it seems like there's a ball hitting off of Everett's face mask or uh, just <laughs> some type of mistake where, where they they make a lot of the same uh, um, mental and physical mistakes. I feel like as a Chargers dude or as the 49ers, would you guys agree? Oh yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. Yeah. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. 
Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. There are a lot of par- parallels for sure. Um, but I want, uh, I want to talk about my guy Fred Warner. Is this uh, just watching the three games to me? And I, I'd like, I love your opinion on it. Um, is he, is he better this year? I mean, it, it feels like he's almost on a, which is crazy to say, almost on a completely different level this year. Just from the couple of games that I got to catch, Fred Warmer just seems like he's playing out of his mind. Yeah, there was there was one game he had where it was the, it was the first time where they're playing with a bunch of backups, um, mm-hmm. none of their starting defensive line, and you can see he was kind of stressing, trying to do other people's job, and that led to him just making poor reads, and that's understandable. But mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, by and large, he is as good as it gets as linebacker. There's not much he doesn't do or can't do. His speed is one thing, but I think his intelligence, like the way that he's able to sniff out routes and. You, you can reference like his targets and whatnot, but there are plays that he doesn't make that you just that aren't in the box score that are just unbelievable. But yeah, I, I think that there's no doubt he's the best linebacker in the game. And to me, he's more valuable than Nick Bosa, which is going to like that pisses people off when you say it. But <laughs> what he's able to do for this defense and what they're able to get away with in coverage, like, you would you wouldn't think that they have these these backup cornerbacks playing or these day three slot corners and and safeties. And I mean, they just signed a free safety off of the street. Uh, mm-hmm. before the season started and again Fred Warner is able to max so much in that back seven so yeah there's there's no doubt and I think the good news for them for the 49ers this week is they're getting back a pair of their uh, starting linebackers next to Warner as well so they're going to be at full strength in that regard so Kyle I know you coach what would your game plan be offensively for the Chargers uh, on on Sunday night if if I were to be the defense coordinator and no if you were the server, Chargers off well let's go both Let's do offensive coordinator, and then we'll do defensive coordinator. What would your game plan be? Yeah, so if, if I'm attacking the 49ers defense, I'm going to try to get the ball out. So if I'm going to try to throw those smoke screens, get it out now and make the corners tackle one-on-one because, as I mentioned, like they're backups. I'm going to try to get like some type of rub routes, throw the slot fade, make their guys on the perimeter win. I am steering clear of the middle of the field just because that's where a lot of ruckus happens. That's where they – for whatever reason, they, they do a really good job of getting their hands up, uh, just deflecting passes, that sort of thing. So if I can get them one-on-one, whether it's a safety, cornerback, I'm going to live and die there. And obviously, you have to run the ball. There's no doubt about that. And Atlanta was able to do that. So if you can get downhill, I would say that is the best way to go about as far as running the ball. But if you're going to go east and west, you just have no shot. Mm-hmm. So would you lean more towards a power running scheme against the 49ers? That, that's what seems like it works to me is getting getting downhill, like you mentioned, and creating double teams and matchups and and going that route. Yeah, you have to more of a power uh, power screen for sure. I mean, you can you can run a zone scheme, but it has to be inside. I think I, I just like if you're going to run at Bolsa or at one of their premier athletes and let their linebackers who who are probably the strength of their their team as well. Um, just get a head start and just make it into a track meet. You're, you're not, you're never going to win that race. So let answer this question. You got to watch Joey. Who's the better Bosa? Is it Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa in their prime? Who are you taking? Yeah. I mean, is Nick even in his prime yet? He's a year removed from an ACL. Mm-hmm. And I, at the same time, have we seen the best version of Joey? Like they're both really freaking good. And <laughs> this is like picking one A or one B. I think if you were to ask, take a poll of like the best, 
the best edge rushers in the NFL, everybody would come up with these two in their top five. I think Nick is a little better technically. I think that he has just a little more juice, and I would give the nod to him. But again, like it, if if you were to ask me Joey Bosa against anybody else, I can make a very compelling argument for that. <laughs> yeah, um, it's. I don't think there's really a wrong answer here. Yeah. All right. He kind of ducked it, but I get. I hear you. Um, <laughs> there you go. Um, hey, so uh, 49ers are favored by a touchdown. And um, I got to ask you, you know, uh, just a little inside information. So Jerry, T- after Jerry Tillery got c- uh, cut, the locker room was playing Playboy Cardi Shooter. And then today in the locker room, they're playing hard to choose one for future. Does that change the money line to you? That they're, <laughs> how hyped they're getting in the locker room pregame? Are they? Are, do they know that there are songs that are from this decade? That <laughs> so my answer is no. Now I'm definitely going to bet on the 49ers. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. <laughs> oh, you cracked me up. All right, uh, Jamie, got anything about the 49ers before, uh, before we get into some of these hot takes that, that Kyle's got? Yeah, just to circle back um, – if you were the defensive coordinator for the Chargers, if you were Brandon Staley and Ronaldo Hill, how would you put your game plan together to stop the 49ers offense? Yeah, you, you have. So what a lot of teams have started to do, at least this season anyway, is try to take away that outside running game. So they're putting like linebacker, linebacker, and almost egregious. So you have to run in between the tackles. But now they have McCaffrey, who is a very good inside runner despite his size. So I would assume, I would. Continue to load the box. Make Jimmy beat me outside the numbers. I know everybody says that it's the same thing over and over, but also I would just come after him. I would make him so nervous, make him move his feet, because whenever the play goes longer than two seconds, whenever he has to move off his first read, like it's a problem. I imagine there are people that have stats out there, but if if you are making him move off of like Kittle and make him go to, now he has to go here, here. There are highlight plays where he does that, but by and large, like that's where he struggles. Attack the offensive line, make Jimmy beat you outside of the numbers is how to beat the 49ers. Do you think Jimmy is more affected by edge pressure or interior pressure? Because it seemed to me like edge pressure, and especially off the left side, is a real problem for him. Yeah, that's weird because for any other quarterback, that's not the case. Like it's yeah. always right in their face. But as I said, like if you get him to move his feet, off the edge like he doesn't really feel that edge pressure as well so if you're coming right down the middle he's able to see that he actually does throw the ball very well when he you know he doesn't have to step into his throws so i i would agree that it is edge pressure but like you have to beat trent williams if that's the case and they they usually do put help over to the right side with mike mcglitchie as well Hmm. all right so why don't you give us a prediction here uh who do you think's winning this game give us a little score I think the Chargers are going to struggle to score in the first half. I think, obviously, they're going to have to figure out a game plan in the second half. I I think it's going to be lower scoring across the board. I would imagine 24-13. Okay. And they're going to cover, too. Jamie? I think I'll go... Thirty to twenty. Ooh, so it's going to be a high-scoring high. affair. I think yeah. so. You think there's going to be a lot of big plays because the reason I say thirteen is be- the 49ers, like the way to to score against them are those big plays. Like you have to go up top or you have to hope that they miss those tackles on those screens or those quick throws. And I don't think the Chargers are dynamic enough or have those weapons to be able to 
put multiple drives like that together. That's why I came up with 13. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Chargers are going to – I have the Chargers losing this game. So that's I'm, – I'm picking the Niners to score 30 and the Chargers to score 13. I just or I just don't think they're going to be able to move the ball. Um, what did I say? Did I say 30? 20. 30, 20. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be – I think the Chargers are going to try to slug it out early to protect Foster Serrell and Justin Herbert. Um, I think it's going to be kind of paint by numbers where they're going to come out and try to run it early and find out that they can't. And I really worry about Joe Lombardi and Stick uh, with that fast, instinctive linebacker core um, in that you know five to ten yard range, jumping some stick throws and turning the ball over um, and getting good field position for the Niners. So that's kind of how I see it going. I think the Niners will get some chunk plays in the running game. I think they'll probably get a couple chunk plays out of uh, out of either Kittle or Ayuk and and have a day. Yeah, I've got I've got the same. It's a clean sweep. I think 49ers win this one. I got 24-14. I think it's going to be kind of low scoring. I think it's Chargers going to fall in a hole again, probably go 10 down 10 plus again for the fourth week in a row, fifth week in a row. And um I just don't think they'll be able to mount a comeback there and it's going to be it's going to be tough for them, man. I just I don't know how they stop McCaffrey or Debo. Um I, I just I don't know how they do it. I don't think they've got the speed to really cover and I just I they're not you know, they're pretty explosive team that I just don't think the Chargers can really hang with. I think Kittle gives them problems too, and probably Ayuk. I just, I, there's just everybody. so balanced. They have so many weapons to go to. You yeah. can't cover all of them. Yeah. Ayuk's really been coming on strong the last few weeks. Yeah. All right, all right, Kyle. Well, I've got some hot takes here that you've you've tweeted out in the past, <laughs> and, I wa- and I want to put a couple of these up, and I want you to uh, answer for a few of them, okay? So um, this first one here is uh, kind of an oldie but a goodie. It is the hot take cannon Buckner over over Bosa. I regret nothing. Wow. I loved Buckner coming out, man. I thought he was very good. And he is. Like, he's still really good. He was an all-pro. But he's not as good as Bosa. And he is as consistent but Bosa takes his game to another level, and I don't think Buckner has done that. Where, and again, it, it's tough to say about him because he has he has had breakout seasons, but there are just so few flaws in Bosa's games. Just a bad take. <laughs> That's what. <Yeah>. That is. <laughs> <laughs> now, which you know is going to happen, and uh, I you really couldn't have gone wrong in that draft class when we were all fighting over Joey Bosa, Jalen Ramsey, or DeForest Buckner. I mean, you really couldn't have gone wrong with those three when we were arguing over it. Um, let's go with another one here. Uh, another kind of, this is a list of hot takes here. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh Rashad Penny will be the a rookie rushing leader next year. This was tweeted oh, out in 2018. I that <laughs> Corey Robertson is better than DJ Moore, Christian Kirk, and Calvin Ridley. Uh, <laughs> Vita Vea and Deron Payne won't produce like first rounders should. Um, you're probably right on Payne. Do you think Vea has done enough to be warranted a first round pick? Yeah, he, he was incredible last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's no yeah, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh Dante Jackson's better than Jair Alexander. And Oops. I don't know. Oh, that that, yeah. that would be Joshua Jackson, right? <laughs> and Joshua but, Jackson. 
Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The second, I was yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, you're right there. Let's see. Um, here's one that I know Charger fans will enjoy. Um, this is... Uh, Here comes a Herbert take. <laughs> no. Say, where did Derwin take that? This is the Anthony Lynn. Clone Anthony Lynn. He's like McVay if Sean McVay won a playoff game and was tall enough to ride all the rides at Disneyland. <laughs> what an amazing take. So, if... Here's, my, here's how... I'm going to talk you through how I'm going to be riding this. Yeah, okay. going to happen. Yeah. McVay's going to retire after this year, after the Rams don't make the playoffs. Uh-huh. Lynn is going to take over the 49ers after Shanahan retires. Mm. Lynn is going to win two Super Bowls with the 49ers. <laughs> and then Lynn will out, um, <laughs> outproduce McVay, and I will retweet this. <laughs> He's just not ready to let it go, is he? No. <laughs> there's, there's probably it's zero okay. chance Lynn after, gets Repeat after me. I was wrong. <laughs> there's, there's probably zero chance no. Lynn gets another head coaching job. There's no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so non non football here. I just want to see if your opinion still is the same as it was when you tweeted this out. Uh, are you still going uh, Kelly over Beyonce? Yes, hundred percent. Still, two thousand thirteen. You went back, jeez. Yeah, but you were using tweet logics back then. <sighs> How much time do you have on your hands, Ke- man? Hey, man, this is <laughs> this. Thank <one>. you. <laughs> This Two is kids, our job, listen. Wife. This is our buddy. This is our. <laughs> this is Kyle. I had to show out. All right, last one here. Do you still agree? And this is probably the most hot take. Fi- finding Dory over finding Nemo. You still there? <laughs> I'm trying to see what time this was tweeted. Seven twenty six p.m. Yeah, the, I. That's not accurate. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all I was, right. I gotta say, I was expecting <laughs> a Herbert take in there somewhere. I thought uh, you'd you'd hit him with a Herbert take. There's a lot of there's a lot of takes that I let you get away with, Kyle. So a lot of on, draft on takes, Herbert, but... I wouldn't disagree with what I thought coming out, and I would just say that everything he's done so far, I would have never guessed. I would have never expected. It was obvious that he was crazy talented. That he had this crazy arm talent. That it, I don't think he was able to put the ball where he where he is now back then coming out in Oregon and just obviously his command of the game, his understanding is far and beyond what I would have ever expected. Mm. I honestly think he's the best quarterback in the NFL outside of Mahomes. So yeah, just thinking back to what I saw coming out of Oregon and what he's doing now, what, what he's doing now without weapons is really incredible. So when I'm reluctant to say that the 49ers will cover, he is the only reason why. Mm. Yeah. I think, uh, just that whole analysis, I think, didn't make any sense, and it's stupid that he's this good. Um, same with Josh Allen; like he shouldn't have been any good either. But they both are anomalies, and they just are players. They made They're it, and freaks. so yeah. And so I think anybody that's like claiming like, "Oh, I knew Josh Allen and Herbert were good," they were just guessing. I'm sure you did. They, yeah, I'm sure they you did. did. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they that was not based on tape. I just I I you, I don't think you could look at Josh Allen's college tape and Justin Herbert's tape and be like these guys these guys are going to be like top five in the NFL someday. 
Allen was not good as a rookie, by the way. People always no. forget to bring that part up. But he, <laughs> Herbert, he wasn't bad. But the jump that he made mm-hmm. is just yeah. unlike anything we've really ever seen. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's where people get lost. And it's easy to point back now and say that, yes, I was right. Yes, I liked him once upon a time. But to this extent, come on, don't lie to our yeah. faces. No. <laughs> no. Well, um, so this is actually our 300th episode. And it just so happened that you're here. So, Kyle, I, I couldn't have uh, thought of a better way to do it, uh, being with us here. You were here from the beginning uh, when we started Bolts from the Blue. Uh, we really appreciate you. I know we were giving you a little bit of shit with the uh, takes and stuff, but nothing, you know man. you know that we love you and uh, we think the world of you, and uh, we're proud of you and everything you've done at Niners Nation. So thanks for joining us. We appreciate, appreciate you. Guys. Thanks yeah, for thanks having for me, on, Kyle. It was good to have you on. Yeah. Anytime. Always, man. Love you guys. Take care. All right. Okay, guys, we will uh, head out, and uh, we'll see you after the game on Sunday. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.